Hi, and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we're librarians with the Beaufort County Library in South Carolina. And it's once again time for one of our seasonal book previews. <laughs> oh, and it's time for our winter one. If you want a little insight into the behind the scenes of the Well-Read Podcast, you all should know that I never do this right. I always... <laughs> select books by quarter so I always start selecting books say for this one January February March and then Anne always has to remind me that it's my season so it's actually December January February so but at this go. point I expect it right. so when so I I'm see glad. that there's a book missing that I know you'd want to talk about I, I think mm, yeah, I don't think that's right <laughs> So yeah, that happened again this time. Yeah, it's tradition though. It is tradition. Now you'd be disappointed if I didn't do it. That's very true. All right, so we'll just dive right in. And what's your first book you're looking forward to? Okay, the first book uh, I'll talk about is Eight Flavors, The Untold Story of American Cuisine by Sarah Lohman. This comes out on December 6th. It's the only uh, December book I'll talk about because December is kind of a publishing um, dry. Yeah, (laughs) there's really not anything. I mean, there's a a little bit, but when publishers send us stuff, Mm -hmm. I get a lot of books for the rest of the month and then my my December pile was like two <laughs> books so it's a little bit different but um, there's still good stuff coming out so this book was written by a historic gastronomist who that's someone who studies the relationship between food and culture which you may think that's Anne's favorite topic and it, you would be right so so this sounds very much up my alley. So this this uh, woman, Sarah Lohman, was fascinated by the broad differences in food culture across the United States, but she realized that there were eight flavors that unite all of American food, and those are black pepper, vanilla, curry powder, chili powder, soy sauce, garlic, MSG, and sriracha. So she starts to research how these flavors were introduced into the United States and how they rose to prominence um, within American culture, but then she starts to ask why they would become such fixtures in our collective palette. So I'm really excited to read this because I love food history and I love both the food history side of it and the contemporary, like how it applies to a side. But I'm also very curious about how she'll justify sriracha because I think of it as a trend, <laughs> right. even though I love sriracha. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's been so trendy lately. So I'm curious of how that's a, going to be a fixture yeah. of American cuisine. So I'm willing to be convinced. <laughs> so I'm excited. And that is Eight Flavors, The Untold Story of American Cuisine by Sarah Lohman. All right. Well, my first one is Books for Living by Will Schwalb or Schwalbe. I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyway, uh, it comes out December 27th, and he is the author of The End of Your Life Book Club, which many people, I think, read a few years ago. It chronicled the books he read as his mother was battling cancer, and he would take her to their her appointments um, for chemotherapy and to see the doctor, and, and they would sit and discuss books. So this book is a collection of essays on how a particular book guided Will into living his life a certain way. Uh, And he believes that the question, what are you reading, can open up a whole world of understanding between people more than basically any other question that you could ask somebody. Especially somebody, well, no, I was about to say a stranger, but really he applies it to everybody Mm -hmm. in his life. Uh, and right now, after such a contentious presidential election, to say the least, <laughs> I think it's, it seems like a good thing to find understanding between people. And of course, I love books, so I always love reading about, I love reading books about books. Yeah. And, and this is a, I've actually already read this. I don't think I said this. No. No, I didn't say that yet. So yeah, I've actually already read this. Anne loaned me her advanced reader's copy of Great. it, and I got to read it. And I did not read it. You haven't read <laughs> no. it yet? Uh, It's good. Um, So there is a sprinkling of memoir in it as well, because you're learning his story and his history. He he explains 
what his situation was as he would read certain books and how it applied to his life and how he made changes because of it or how it opened him up to new experiences. Um, but it was fascinating to me how even with books that I didn't really think would be interesting from the description that he gives right off, uh, I still really enjoyed all of the essays. And like any book person, even though he's talking about one book, he always draws in other books that, mm-hmm. that relate to it or have some sort of meaning to him. So you're, gonna, you're going to walk away with a whole long list of books to either read or reread based on, based on these essays. And that is Books for Living by Will Schwab, and that comes out December 27th. Cool. Uh, my next book is The Dry by Jane Harper, and this comes out January 10th. And it's a mystery that's getting so much librarian buzz. I hear about it pretty much all the time mm-hmm. on any any um, upcoming book email that I get. It's set in small town Australia um, in a town that's been devastated by drought. And the beginning of the story um, starts when federal agent Aaron Falk returns to his hometown for the first time in decades. And he's there to attend the funeral of his childhood best friend, Luke, who apparently killed his wife and son and then killed himself. And so, of course, the town is is horribly shocked by this event. But Aaron knows that Luke had a dark side. And so it's not quite as shocking to him as he had, had um, as it would be to other people. And the reason he knows this is that 20 years earlier, they had been they had provided each other with alibis when they were both um, linked to the suspicious death of a woman in town. So yeah, they just have this dark history together. So Aaron, as an adult, has been asked to investigate some inconsistencies with Luke's death, but he knows that the resentment that's sort of simmering just beneath the surface of this town is is probably going to come out as he's there on this assignment. So this is a debut novel, and it has all kinds of starred reviews. I've heard some people call it the best mystery they've ever read, so that's extremely high high praise. praise. Yeah, so I'm very, very excited about this. Um, This is actually the next book I'm going to pick up as soon as I finish what I'm reading this week. (laughs) um, And that's The Dry by Jane Harper. I can't wait to read that. Yeah, I think it'll be good. So you already have a copy of it? Uh, A digital copy, yeah. yeah. I had to beg my way for it. It was (laughs) very hard to get. Please, 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 please. Uh, All right, so my next one is Small Admissions by Amy Popel. I think it is P-O-E-P-P-E-L. It comes out December 27th, and it's about a woman named Kate Pearson who graduated summa cum laude from her university and had major ambitions when she was in college. But after being dumped by her almost fiancé, she abandons her plans to attend graduate graduate school and instead spends her days watching TV and only leaving her house when someone needs her to walk their dog. She has a dog sitting sort of business, but not re- she's not putting much effort into yeah. it. So it's, it's basically <laughs> just, you know, occasional getting off of her couch. Uh, and her friends don't really know what to do with her, but her practical sister pushes her to get out of the house, go to therapy, try yoga, meditation, all these different things, and including go to job interviews um, and just is, does what sisters do and keeps keeps her on as as much on track as possible Mm -hmm. to everyone's surprise Kate lands a job in the admissions office of a fancy and competitive private day school and what she learns when she starts there is that there's no time to wallow in her own grief and and ennui because it's the height of admission season and so all there is is time to focus on applications and interviews and these families that want to get their children in and she meets all kinds of kids and parents who won't take no for an answer and kids who are really super smart and talented but maybe not so nice and you know her personal feelings get involved in it so it just seems like a fun kind of soapy post-holiday read when Mm -hmm. when you need a mental break and and sit down and read something fun and I briefly worked in the admissions office of a private school so I feel like personally yeah I feel like it might resonate with me a little bit about yeah. some of these situations. So that is Small Admissions by Amy Popel. It comes out December 27th. 
you always have you always are telling me different jobs that you've had and I'm all <laughs> libraries those were my jobs <laughs> I only, well I only had I think before I came a librarian like three or four jobs I think uh-huh. but they were all short term oh, okay like a year at a yeah, choice. that works. And I did now work. I've been here for eleven years, so yeah. I worked in a spice factory once. <gasps> that was really? pretty fun. Yeah, that was my first job. That's so cool. It wasn't when you smelled like spices all the time, <laughs> but in theory, it was really in cool. Theory, yeah, 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 yeah. I got lots of free spices, which was great. That's neat. Oh, yeah. spices are expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were benefits for sure. <laughs> um, so my next book is *The Bear and the Nightingale* by Catherine Arden. I almost put that on my list. <laughs> Uh, it comes out January 10th. A lot of these books come out January 10th. It seems to be a big, like a the big, big post-holiday day. publishing day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another debut novel, and it's inspired by Russian fairy tales, which I'm not super familiar with. So even though I love fairy tale retellings mm-hmm. and I love folk tales and folklore, um, Russian fairy tales are not really on my radar very much, but I think it sounds awesome. Um, the main character is named Vasya, and she lives with her family in northern Russia, where winter lasts for most of the year. And um, that doesn't bother her because she loves to sit around the fire with her siblings and listen to folk tales that their nurse tells them. Um, and so it has this very like cozy sort mm-hmm. of atmosphere to it. And these folk tales explain sort of the mythology of the of the culture and explain why the family honors these household spirits that protect the the family and the the house from evil. But suddenly Vasya's mother dies and her father remarries and his new wife is extremely religious and she bans all of these household spirits from the house. And so then the crops begin to fail and there's evil that's lurking just beyond the the front door of the house in the forest that surrounds them. And Vasya knows that she has to use some dangerous gifts that she's kept hidden from her family in order to save them. So there's also lots and lots of buzz about this book and it Mm -hmm. sounds completely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've heard any thing other than this is phenomenal mm-hmm. so um so i'm really really excited for this and it's called the bear and the nightingale by Catherine arden my next one is everything you want me to be by mindy either magia or mejia m-e-j-i-a comes out january 3rd and it's about a high school senior named H- hattie hoffman uh, who has spent her life in many different roles, being a good daughter and a good student and a good citizen. And she is found brutally stabbed to death on the opening night of her high school play. Eek. I know. And the tragedy tears apart her small town. And the sheriff is a family friend and vows to find her killer no matter what. However, as the he tries to solve the murder, it brings up far more questions than answers. And it becomes clear that Hattie's acting skills go far beyond just the high school stage. <gasps> oh, that was such a good, <laughs> a good little blurb. <laughs> and that's Everything You Want Me To Be by Mindy Magia. Cool. Um, next is Lucky Boy by Shanti Sakarin. And the, that also comes out January 10th. And it's about an 18-year-old woman named Solomar who's full of optimism about life, but she is about to begin the difficult journey to cross into the United States from Mexico. And then several weeks later, we meet her again, and she's arrived at her cousin's doorstep in Berkeley, California, and she's pregnant and disillusioned. And I don't know what happens in between. Something. <laughs> um, so at the same time, there's a woman living living in Berkeley named uh, Kavya, and she's realizing that as she's reached her mid-30s, she's really desperate to have a baby, but um, she's not. that's not going very well for her and her husband, so it's kind of upsetting their marriage. And somehow these two women encounter each other, and Kavya becomes the foster mother to Solomar's infant son, but she feels all this joy at learning to become a mother and, and having this experience, but that's really dangerous because in the end, this isn't her baby. Mm-hmm. And so... 
this is not really my normal type mm. of book at all, um, but I've heard a lot of g- really good things about it. So it seems like it'll probably be a good out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. read. And um, it also kind of had the the blurb that I read had this intriguing line about how there there's no good people or bad people mm-hmm. in this book. It's just, there's no heroes. It's mm-hmm. just sort of real life and how things actually work, which is not really what you see in a lot of literature right. where there has to be a, a villain. villain in yeah. it. So, um, so that sounded interesting to me. So that, yeah, I, I almost put that on my list too. I think that seems like it would be a, just from the description, a good book club pick. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And that is Lucky Boy by Shanti Sakarin. All right. My next one is The Refugees by Viet Thanh Nguyen, and it comes out January 9th. It's a collection of short stories by the author of The Sympathizer, which won the 2015 Pulitzer Prize. Have you read The Sympathizer? I haven't. Uh-uh. No, yeah, me neither. It was kind of a out of nowhere. I know. Winner. Can, yeah, like, and then now I feel like it's very popular. A yeah, lot of clubs but, read it, and, but it, I didn't know much about it. Yeah, before it's, won. There, I know there are a lot of other things that seem more contenders, right, and then yeah. suddenly it was the winner. <laughs> so. Uh, so this is a collection of short stories, all about people who leave their homelands and settle somewhere else. And it's been described as thought-provoking and brilliant. And it's about the hardship of being an immigrant and the desire for self-fulfillment. And I believe on our short story episode, I talked about Mia Alvarez in the country. Mm -hmm. And that was a similar look, sort of the opposite of people who leave their home country to live somewhere else. And then what that experience is like to go back home. Mm -hmm. And so this seems like a similar thing. And I was really, really loved in the country. And I'm really looking forward to this. I also want to read The Sympathizer at some point. Yeah, but <laughs> at some backlist. Point. Um, but this is The Refugees by Viet Thanh Nguyen. Uh, my next book is Hey Harry, Hey Matilda by Rachel Hooley. And it comes out on January 17th. It's a, a, This is an epistolary novel, which we always love those. Oh, I love those. Yeah, and it's made up of emails between two twins named Matilda and Harry. Uh, Matilda is a wedding photographer who dreams of becoming an artist photographer and she's hiding a huge secret from her boyfriend which is that she told him um, that her twin brother was dead and he is not <laughs> he is alive and it's here, like what Facebook just did they made a bunch of people dead that were alive did oh, you see no. that? I've been on Facebook fast so I haven't heard yeah. anything no it was a few weeks ago and they like some algorithm made a bunch <gasps> of people dead I totally missed really that alive, including Mark Zuckerberg anyway oh, sorry that's Off super topic. funny <laughs> <laughs> so Harry um, also is making some bad decisions and is dealing with some failed dreams about his career. He's an untenured professor and he can't get published and he's sleeping with one of his students. And so all around, not a lot is good for these two twins. So Matilda decides to invite her boyfriend home for Thanksgiving and Harry makes a desperate bid to, re- to revive his career. Um, and these two decisions will start a chain of events that will force both of them to really confront who they are. And it sounds like a cute and funny and quirky read, and it sounds very quick. And epistolary novels will always pull me always. in. Me They're too. so fun. I haven't heard of that one. I'm, I'm adding that one to my Ooh, list. Oh, good. Um, it's called Hey, Harry, Hey, Matilda by Rachel Hooley. My next one is Her Every Fear by Peter Swanson. It comes out January 10th. And Peter Swanson wrote The Kind Worth Killing, which I'm pretty sure I talked about on our Girl on the Train read like yes. episode. Uh-huh. If you haven't read it, I would recommend it. Um, and this Her Every Fear is being billed as a Hitchcockian psychological thriller about a young woman named Kate Pretty who, growing up, always tended to have anxiety attacks or 
just general anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've turned into full-blown panic attacks because her ex-boyfriend kidnapped her and <gasps> almost ended her life. Um, so she's having a hard time moving forward. And her distant cousin, Corbin, reaches out to her from Boston. She's living in London and suggests they swap apartments for a while. And she thinks that this is just what she needs to get away from what she knows and all of the memories her apartment in London hold and, and do something new. However, when she arrives at Corbin's apartment, she learns that his next-door neighbor has recently been murdered, and the police want to question her about Corbin's possible involvement. Oh, my gosh. Uh, And Corbin reassures her that he has nothing to do with it, but Kate gets to know his neighbors and begins to find disturbing objects in the apartment, and she is unsure what to think about Corbin or any of his neighbors. It sort of sounds like the rear window, like she's observing all these things, Uh, and that is Her Every Fear by Peter Swanson. He finds such good premises. They're so... (laughs) I know. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, my next book is also a psychological thriller. It's Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pinsborough, and it comes out January 31st. And I read this one already. Have you read this one too? No, I've not read okay. this one. Um, the publisher actually sent me a, an advanced audio copy, which was <gasps> very, very fun. I'll actually I'll send it over to you because yeah. it was a really fun surprise yeah. to get that. It's mm-hmm. not typical to no. get that kind of thing so it has alternating perspectives and one of them is a single mom named louise who works as a secretary at a london doctor's office and the book starts when she shares a drunken kiss with a man in a bar who then of course turns out to be her new boss and his name is david and so she's horrified when she sees him um i think it's the day before he's supposed to start work she sees him touring the office uh with his wife adele and she dives into another room to avoid being recognized by him but she knows she can only put off the inevitable for so long and they get things worked out between them but then she accidentally runs into Adele on the street and Adele invites her out for coffee um, and she feels really torn between wanting a friend because this seems she's very isolated as being a single mom and she she's very uh, finds a lot of appeal in in this woman but she also doesn't know how to handle this supremely awkward position so um, we also get Adele's perspective and we know that there's something that's not right between her and David um, she seems deeply in love with him, but he doesn't really seem to want to have anything to do with her. And they keep talking about making a fresh start, but we don't know why when the book starts. So there's, yeah, strange things will come about. So as time goes on, Louise becomes more involved with both of them and really becomes obsessed with them. And she can't stop asking questions about their weird marriage. And the audiobook especially was very creepy. Mm-hmm. And the way the different, there's there's two different actors um, that, that play these two women and they just embody these characters very well and um this book has a lot of publicity backing it up there's there's even a hashtag that the publisher is pushing which is wtf that ending oh really so i keep seeing that popping up too which is kind of cute and it's definitely a new take on the domestic thriller genre which is very played out at Mm -hmm. this point everyone's trying to be the new the next gone girl or the new girl on the train um and I still love them. I still eat them up with a spoon. But there's this has some differences that are that are very interesting. Um, so I really appreciated that, and um, I think it'll be a, a pretty big release. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's called Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pinsborough. That sounds good. Yeah, you'll like it. My next one is The Animators by Kayla Ray Whitaker. It comes out January 31st. It's about two women who meet in college and become best friends. Karen, who is ambitious but quiet and self-doubting, and then Mel, who is loud and brash and ready to set the world on fire. 
And the two of them bond over feeling like outsiders and they have dysfunctional families and, and pasts that are similar to each other. And a decade later, they are an award-winning animation duo and they're on the eve of releasing their first full-length feature. Oh. And this is, my understanding is the book is about their the tour that they're taking to promote the film and how cracks begin to show as long-held secrets and resentments rise to the surface of their friendship. So that is The Animators by Kayla Ray Whitaker. It comes out January 31st. That sounds really cool. And it has a cool cover, too. It has an awesome cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My next book is All Our Wrong Todays by Elon Mustai. And it comes out February 7th. And it takes the premise that the world of the future, as imagined in the 1950s and 60s, with flying cars and moving sidewalks and all the other cool stuff that we, like Jetsons type stuff, um, that that is the real world of, of 2016. So um, it focuses on a man named Tom um, and he can't, that, that lives in this world and he can't seem to find a place in the in it. And it's really a utopia is, is how it's described. One of the things that they talked about in the, in the blurb is that punk rock never existed because it never had to, because it was just this, you didn't need a music of protest oh, right, in order to yeah to which is really i love i love mind exercises like mm-hmm. that of what wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. if this had been the case so um so that intrigued me a lot um not that i'm wishing for the lack of punk rock in the world <laughs> i really like it so don't take it away but anyway so tom is is out of place in his world and he um finds that through an accident of fate he's he sort of dimension travels i guess mm-hmm. it's not really time travel um he he goes to the 2016 as we know it and he thinks of of it as a dystopian wasteland so wow. which is very interesting so he starts to sort of see the benefits of our world and he meets versions of people that he knows in his own and and likes them he he doesn't hate it completely and so he has to decide whether to stay in a messy world or to return back to his own and which version of the future is really the right version um I've heard nothing but the highest praise for this book. There's various library forums mm-hmm. that I follow, and this one is universally loved. And I've heard some librarians say that if anyone asks for a book to to read, this is the one that they say gets to this first when it comes out because they're just so excited about it. Um, and it sounds like a really good read alike for mm-hmm. Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're a fan of Ernest Klein books, it mm-hmm. sort of has that accessible sci-fi mm-hmm. feel to it. So. And as we know, I'm not a sci-fi fan, right. so the fact that I'm excited about this is saying a lot. So, um, so I think it sounds really cool. It's called All Our Wrong Todays by Elon Mustai. I'm fairly certain I have an advanced copy of that. Need to read it. Yeah. Um, all right, my next one is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. It comes out February 8th. It's about 16-year-old Star Carter who lives in two worlds, the poor neighborhood where she lives and then the fancy private school she attends. The balance between the two worlds is shattered when Star witnesses the fatal shooting of her childhood best friends at the hands of a police officer, and her friend Khalil was unarmed when it happened. (gasps) So his death, as you would imagine, makes national headlines. Protesters are taking to the street in his name. The police are trying to intimidate Star and her family to say a certain thing about the event because she was the only witness. Oh my gosh. And everyone wants to know what actually happened that night, but she is the only one who knows and doesn't what she does or doesn't say could irrevocably change her life mm-hmm. and her family's life. So she's in a very precarious yeah, position. Yeah, kind of rocking a hard place. Yeah. Um, so it's, from what I understand, a very, it, or not from what I understand, it came from the Black Lives Matter um, movement. Yeah. And it's, so obviously it's a very timely and important book, and this is getting fantastic, fantastic mm-hmm. reviews. It's The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Is that a YA book? Or? It's a YA book, yeah. Cool. 
yeah, that sounds that's not, I mean, not awesome, I know, but, but worth really r- interesting. Reading. Yeah. Um, my last book is Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman, and it comes out on February seventh. And can I speak for you when I say we love Neil Gaiman? Yeah, I think you've always expressed lots of love for Neil Gaiman. I liked some of what I've read of his. Okay, I guess I haven't read all of it too. No, so. There's one book I started, I don't want to say what it was, I never okay. finished. <laughs> okay, that's valid. So I might get back to it at some point. But you point. love Coraline. I liked Coraline a lot. I liked, Did you read Stardust? I watched the movie of Stardust. Yeah. I've not read Stardust. The book's really good, too. I've wa- I read The Ocean at the End of the Lane. I wasn't that uh-huh. excited oh, I about that, that one. one. Okay, take it back. Yes. I love Neil Gaiman. <laughs> I thought Hallie was a bigger fan than she is. but <laughs> So getting an advanced copy of this um, in the mail felt like winning the lottery because it just... I don't know. There's there's authors that are big name authors that sometimes it's really hard to get copies of their mm-hmm. books, um, especially if they're really anticipated. They tend to push new authors a lot more when they're giving away advanced copies. Yeah. Um, but this came in the mail and I was like, ah! <laughs> so excited <laughs> for this. So um, I've, I, I haven't read everything of his, but I've loved everything that I've read. And um, part of that is because he's very clearly influenced by mythology and by folk stories. Mm-hmm. And, and I really love those things. Mm-hmm. So this is a collection of short stories. And he takes the source ma- material of Norse mythology and then retells it in new ways and then links the stories into an arc. So I'm not I haven't read my cap- my copy yet. So I'm not sure if he sets the stories in the modern world or if they're um, just rewrites of of the traditional Norse mythology stories and written in new ways, but no matter what, I'm very confident that we're in great hands and that these will be told in a really interesting way. And Norse mythology is my favorite mythology, is so it? I'm so excited. Did I tell you that my brother and I used to take um, the fluorescent lights from my mom's house when they were burnt out and go throw them in? The, I live next door to an elementary school, uh-huh. and we'd throw them in the big metal bins and say, I am Thor <laughs> and I am Odin. And I wish we could say, or I wish I could say that we were kids or teenagers, yeah. <laughs> full-on <do> adults. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it. it was great. So, I, I, yeah, I really, really love Norse mythology. I think it's fascinating. So um, I'm super excited for this. And it's Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. All right. And my last one is The Fortunate Ones by Ellen Umansky. It comes out February 14th. And I've said before how much I love books that have different storylines that take place years apart, but they're connected somehow. So this one sounds right up my alley. It's 1939 in Vienna, and the specter of World War II is looming, and Rose Zimmer's parents are desperate just desperate to do something and so they can't get out but are able to save rose by sending her by kinder transport to live with strangers in england so then six years later the war is over rose is completely grief-stricken and searching for a painting her mother cherished it's the one thing that rose feels can connect her to her childhood Mm -hmm. Um, and then in modern day la lizzie goldstein returns home for her father's funeral and she's newly single and unsure about her future, and she feels a bit adrift. And she also carries a burden of guilt that won't go away because years before, a teenage Lizzie threw a party, and the Soutine painting, which is the same painting from before World War II, was stolen from her house. And it was a painting that her mother adored and had brought Lizzie comfort after her mother's passing. Oh, wow. Um, so the painting will bring Lizzie and Rose together in a friendship that is unexpected. And this just sounds like, I mean... It, there are certain books that we say are like written for Anne. This mm-hmm. is like written for Anne. Right, right, <laughs> I right. love historical fiction. I love these types of stories where something one thread connects mm-hmm. a lot of different 
story. So that's The Fortunate Ones by Ellen Umansky. That sounds really cool. I didn't have as much historical fiction as normal. That's interesting. I know. It seemed I like feel like there were a lot of thrillers when yeah. I was looking at what I was looking forward to. Yeah. What I have on my to read list. It was a lot of thrillers. Yeah. I don't know if that's, it's just the season for it or if like in, in anticipation of summer types of oh, reading maybe. or if it's uh, just what's really being pushed right now. Cause yeah. there's a lot of thrillers that are coming out. Yeah. that seems like the publishers are really, really excited Sad about it. About, so yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, oh, I need to pick something else. That's not, not a another thriller. thriller yeah. But I still got several in. So. <laughs> so <did I. laughs> All right. So we will be right back with what we're reading this week. And what are you reading this week? So I was sneaky and I'm going to talk about another upcoming release. Um, and it, it is what I'm reading this week. So, um, so it works. It's The Girl Before by J.P. Delaney. And um, it comes out on January 24th. And this is uh, partly I did it as what I'm reading this week because we both want to talk about yes. it. <laughs> so we both were excited about it. And it was sort of a... Uh, mix up on on the list of of who well yeah I I thought it was up up for grabs but right. then you picked other stuff so th- right. I decided to do it for what I'm reading this week and th- so this is another alternating perspective domestic thriller like like uh, behind her eyes and it also is a book with girl in the title which is also the other prevailing trend with these types of books and there's actually a super interesting article that emily st john mandel came uh what did she write it for 538 i think that talked about that was like um quantifying books with girl in the title and it it had a graph that said it looks like we haven't reached peak girl (laughs) which i thought was really funny so i'll link to that on the show notes because it was a really really interesting article so in this book, both characters um, that we that we meet are tenants in the same uh, that rent the same house in London, and but they're there at different times, and they both have uh, recently dealt with trauma. So the first woman is named Emma, and she wants to move with her boyfriend after their apartment was broken into, and she was held at knife point. And then the second woman is named Jane, and she recently suffered a stillbirth. So both women um, just want to get into a new environment and sort of not have to deal with the bad memories that come with with their current living spaces. So their real estate agents um, direct them to a shockingly shockingly cheap house that is at 1 Fulgate Street. And this house is an architectural marvel. It's a masterpiece of minimal minimalist design. And in keeping with that, the architect, who's named Edward Monkford, he has very strict rules um, on what the current tenant can bring with them. And they have to fill out this bizarre application, which this really weird questionnaire comes with it. Um, and, and there's this whole approvals process to get um to be able to move in and they both are accepted and um, they each find the abandonment of their past life strangely liberating in ways they kind of hadn't expected. Um, And so their friends and family are sort of not understanding why they would feel that way to, to the extent that they have to give everything up by, by moving into this place. 
but both women, um, as they get settled into one Folgate Street, they begin to learn p- bits and pieces about the previous tenants. So in Emma's case, she learns that the architect, Edward's family, had actually died and is buried there. And Jane learns that the previous tenant, Emma, had died there. And so there's there's something that's going on with this. And Jane has also begun a, begun a flirtation with Edward, but she finds out that she bears a startling resemblance to his former wife and to Emma and so nothing good is going to come from this. And I don't know what it is yet. So I'm, I'm very excited to finish this. And right now, this seems like the biggest competition, too, behind her eyes. Yeah. Um, both publishers are really pushing these books. And um, they're, they're both really hard to put down. Yeah. So there's, there's good reason they're pushing them. And um, like I said, everything is trying to be the next Gone Girl mm-hmm. and the next girl on the train. Um, and I have no idea if that will reach that level. Yeah. But um, a movie is already optioned mm-hmm. by Ron Howard. So I think that this will be a pretty famous yeah. book. So you've already read this. I've already read this and I think the comparisons are apt sometimes I feel like they're just throwing that out there yeah an unreliable narrator or something but I this was definitely a book I could not put down Uh and wasn't quite sure what was going on yeah you're trying to figure it out and and uh the ending took me by surprise and so I I really liked it I thought it was really good and I um it's the whole thing with the house that they're living in and they have to keep it completely clean, Mm -hmm. uncluttered, not not clean and cleanliness, but uncluttered. And I don't want to say too much to give anything away, but it just, the fact that they enjoy living in that house Mm -hmm. is boggled my mind Mm -hmm. because it's so unlike how I would want to live. Um, I like kind of a cozy, comfy sort of environment. Mm -hmm. And this is very, pristine and sleek and stark and right and I don't know it was just but it was interesting it was an interesting thought experiment to think what could you live without yeah minimalist living and things like that yeah it it just had a lot to it it had a lot of meat to it yeah and there's there's sort of questions on the um from the questionnaire that they have to fill out that are peppered through the the story and so it does make you think like in these moral quandaries Mm -hmm. which would you choose and how does that affect my living in a house why would that matter of course because you're reading a thriller you're thinking how why are they asking this question how does this relate to the past right uh, how we got to where we are right yeah I I thought it was really good yeah and as you're reading like like the part that I am right now you're seeing similarities in how Edward is treating both of them and that's I, I'm very Creepy. creeped out right now. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, yeah. I actually was telling Hallie before we started that I'd had a hard time sleeping last night. And partly it was because this I was reading this book and yeah. it's just you can't really get to a place where yeah. you are willing to stop. It's unsettling. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, a really, really interesting book. So it's called The Girl Before by J.P. Delaney. All right. What I'm reading this week is Written in the Stars by Aisha Saeed. It's about, I think you say Ni- the name Ni- Nyella. I think is how you pronounce it. Is a, and she's a senior in Florida, uh, Florida high school, and she's from a Pakistani family. And for the last year, she's been secretly dating a, a boy who is also Pakistani, but he is from a family that her parents do not approve of. And her parents have always told her that she can be independent in certain ways. So she can study what she wants and, and go to whatever college she wants, but that they will be responsible for choosing the man that she marries. So this is a big transgression in her oh, family wow. that she's dating this boy and her parents don't know about it. Uh-huh. 
So when it comes time for her senior prom, she decides to lie to her parents and attend the dance with her boyfriend. And her parents find out and show up at the dance. and They're absolutely (gasps) furious. So they are convinced that she has forgotten, that she has forgotten who she is and what her values are. So they plan a trip to Pakistan, where they haven't been in in many years. And what is originally supposed to be a month-long trip at the beginning of the summer continues to be extended until she realizes that her parents mean for her to stay in Pakistan and enter into an arranged marriage. (gasps) And she is devastated, as you can imagine and tries to figure out a way to escape and at first I thought it seemed a little far-fetched like in the modern day that that this would happen Um, but there's an author's note at the end and she the author was in a semi is in a semi arranged marriage and she makes it clear that this sort of thing has happened to people she knows still happens to this day then I was aghast trying to figure out what you would do if you were put in that same scenario because you're completely cut off from everything you don't have um, she she sort of takes a cell phone a secret cell phone so uh-huh. she can contact her boyfriend but that gets taken away from her and um, she has no money no transportation women don't have the freedom there that they do here to just move around unnoticed yeah. it's a small village that they're staying in so it, it was it was it's good it's really that good sounds fascinating. It's, hor- it's horrifying yeah. I mean but it's really good it's called written in the stars by Aisha Saeed that actually the, when you said the, the part about the the dance and the parents coming that isn't that what happens in serial season one when when the two yes like yeah yeah i know i suddenly thought oh where's this this going i know yeah 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 no it doesn't go in that serial direction (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that still sounds amazing that sounds like a really interesting yeah it's it's, it was in it was i was expecting uh like a romance yeah yeah and and written in the stars sounds like a romance yeah and like you know i thought it was going to be about pakistani girl dating a guy that her parents didn't approve of like romeo and juliet a little bit with a happy ending uh and it was not that (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting how sometimes that's super disappointing in a book but sometimes it's such a pleasant surprise surprise, yeah Yeah, it was more different meaty than yeah yeah yeah. cool all right so let's go back and list off all the books we talked about okay um I talked about Eight Flavors, The Untold Story of American Cuisine by Sarah Lohman, The Dry by Jane Harper, The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden, Lucky Boy by Shanti Sakharin, Hey Harry, Hey Matilda by Rachel Hooley, Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pinsborough, All Are Wrong Todays by Elon Mustai, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman, and what I read this week was The Girl Before by J.P. Delaney. And I talked about Books for a Living by Will Schwalb. Small Admissions by Amy Popel, Everything You Want Me to Be by Mindy Magia, The Refugees by Viet Thanh Nguyen, Her Every Fear by Peter Swanson, The Animators by Kayla Ray Whitaker, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, The Fortunate Ones by Ellen Umansky, and what I read this week was Written in the Stars by Aisha Saeed. All right. So if you want to get in touch with us and let us know what books you're looking forward to in the winter or to just give us feedback on a suggestion for the podcast or topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. Find us on our Facebook page or on Twitter at wellreadpodcast. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your other podcast provider of choice. Our podcast is engineered by Adam Farver. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at beaufortcountylibrary.org slash wellread, where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this episode. Thank you all for listening and happy reading.